In both the Jewish and Christian tradition, the eating of a meal is more than just an opportunity to fuel the body or to celebrate a particular occasion. The celebration of a meal is also an invitation to encounter with the divine. In fact, in the New Testament, so much of Jesus's ministry took place during meals. Some commentators say that you can eat your way through the gospel, okay, with Jesus. Think about all the meals that he had. He ate with Matthew and his associates. He ate with Simon the Pharisee, with Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary and Bethany, with Zacchaeus, with the outcasts and sinners, with the crowds on the Galilean hillsides. And that's just scratching the surface. But it was ultimately during the final meal that we remember this night that Jesus leaves us his most precious gift and food, the Eucharist. And our scriptures for this feat root us very deeply in the Jewish past as well in the celebration of Passover with the Jewish people. And from there, we received from St. Paul tonight what was handed on to him, most earliest account of the Eucharist, namely the story of the Eucharistic banquet itself. And finally, in the gospel, Jesus looks us squarely in the face as he kneels before his disciples to wash their feet in humble service. The Gospel of John does not give us the institution of the Eucharist. Instead, in John, we get this Gospel of the Master kneeling before his friends, a gesture of humility and service. Try to imagine this scene. This is what we actually live out in this liturgy. It's imperative. For as Jesus himself says, as I have done for you, you also must do. As Jesus wraps a towel around his waist and takes a pitcher of water and stoops down to begin to wash the feet of his disciples, he shows the way that he expects his followers to do as well. There's not going to be any sitting on high and ruling from some royal throne as the mother of James and John had desired for her sons. Nor is, are they to be engaged in any bloody sacrifices in the temple as the priests did in their time. But rather they are to walk with the lowly and the poor, serving them as foot washers along the way. How radical that was. The Last Supper of Jesus links everything together. It's like tying it all together, his whole life. And we recall all this with the incredible gift of the institution of the Eucharist. But it comes together with the admonition to go out and serve. And in a word, we become what we receive. And we, so we imitate Jesus in his saving works, 
in his healing words and his gestures of humble service. So from the Eucharist must come our genuine care for our neighbors and indeed even strangers. The celebration of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday night is also a remembrance of the institution of the priesthood as well. So as I was um, preparing for this celebration tonight, I found myself reflecting upon my own call to the priesthood, something that I had not done in a long time. So I should like to share briefly with you a few antidotes for my own life and preparation for my life as a priest in relation to this feast and what Jesus did. A long time ago, when one considered to be a priest, you basically had to, so to speak, leave the world that you were living in. That's what it seemed like to me, leave the world. And enter into what I thought was like a monastery or more like a prison, okay? (laughs) Because you were literally completely, you were completely cut off from the world where the focus was entirely on a life of discipline and prayer. It was not easy. But I will say this, as the years went on, they eased up a bit on us. My class always claimed to be the ones that we pushed them on it. But from the get-go, the very beginning, the very first week even, as I think back on it, the one thing that was built into our life was to go out and serve. And I remember the very first week that I was there, a group of us, we went to a place called the workhouse. What was that? That was a minimum security prison. Okay? And what did we do? We played softball with these men. And this place, this place they, they wouldn't let you do this today, but we did it then. And from then on, there was never a time, never a day in the week, when we were not out in some way, shape, or form, going out maybe to, say, a home for the handicapped, or teaching in religious education classes like we have here at Seton Parish, or maybe teaching in religion classes like at St. Pius School. There we had fine sisters who really taught us how to teach. They supervised us. And we had to come in with, um, you know, classes that were prepared. We also worked in homes with adults in small faith communities. After Christmas, we always had a couple of weeks before classes began where we had what were called deep immersion experiences. And we were doing things like working in drug rehabilitation programs. Drugs have been with us for a long time. That was eye-opening. Or we were on the streets working and living with the homeless because they've been with us for a long time, too. Our seminary was in the heart of the worst part of the inner city. You wouldn't believe how bad it was. Um, One of my best friends was shot. I was a victim of crime myself. 
We had guys who had bullets coming through their windows. Uh, it, was, it was a bad place. But one of the brothers came in there and bought a house, actually rented a house, and he started a program called Chance for Change. Several of us worked with him, tutoring these kids who lived in this neighborhood. It was great. Provided many opportunities for them as well. This is what our Holy Father today, Pope Francis, says, getting the smell of the sheep. That's just some of what we did. Some of, some of that I'm still doing now, like teaching. But it was all forming me in ways that I was unaware of at that time. And at the core of those who oversaw our formation as priests, knew that service was at the core of a vocation to be a priest. So I get very excited today when I see our young people going down to Cranks Creek, when I see our young people going down to um, Portsmouth for the Christmas food outreach, or working on the work programs in the summer. Because this is what Jesus is calling us all to do in the gospel tonight. This is the most direct route of finding out who we are by taking these paths of service. Jesus is teaching us this. He's teaching his disciples this. The account of the Last Supper narrative from Corinthians that we heard tonight is the earliest account of the Last Supper and of Jesus' words over the bread and the wine. He says, do this in memory of me. So we're not only to remember his words, but his actions. And our lives must reflect his life. That's why I spent time reflecting with you tonight of how we must all give ourselves as he did. The Last Supper is the link between the Eucharist and a life of self-giving. You can't do one and not the other. Tonight, with the help of the Eucharist, the greatest gift that Jesus gives us, we can recommit ourselves to a life of service to others. In a moment, I will wash the feet of representatives of servants in our parish. Gives us a chance to prepare for the baptismal recommitment that we will all make in just a couple of days at Easter. The service, as we heard in the gospel tonight, loving to the end, is full time. It's a lifetime of commitment. Can we possibly do this? Not on our own. That's why we gather this night for this evening meal of renewal and our remembrance of Christ, who loves us, as he said, to the end, as he gifts us here with this Eucharist.